Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Chris Evans here with this week's edition of the Best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Sky from Virgin Radio. On the way, the genius that is Stephen Fry shares some incredible facts and stories, all while waxing lyrically about his brilliant new book, Fry's Ties. Superman turned fantasy monster slayer Henry Cavill discusses series two of Netflix's smash hit The Witcher and Martial Arts and lots of other things too, where he stays when he's making things and big houses that he has leased for him when making megabucks television and movie productions plus the hilarious Jack Whitehall shares all about playing Uncle Casey in the film adaptation of Clifford the Big Red Dog and super sub Sam Pinkham and Gabby Roslin chat to directing powers Matthew Vaughan about his latest film The King's Man all of that and so much more to come so Dapper Dave do tell us who is first he was the real deal as the Man of Steel and is simply great as Geralt. That's right, season two of smash hit The Witcher drops on Netflix next Friday and here to tell us more is a man who's thwarted more monsters and baddies than you've had hot dinners. It's the one and only Henry Cavill! Hey, Henry! Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the show! Thank you very much. Good it's to be here. great to have you here. I watched you on Graham's show at the weekend. You're awesome, lovely lineup. Uh, good fun to be had. So I'm going to go in where Graham um, uh, went in as well uh, to do with The Witcher. Um, you, so, so this has been a game. Yeah, it has been a book, and now yes. it's this, this mega Netflix TV show, season two. All right, so there's always a bit of pushback when this happens. Yeah. yeah what was the pushback like for The Witcher, for, from the original fans who think they own it, of course? Um, well, you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm a, a huge fan of the original source material. Right. Uh, the books is, uh, what came first, then right. the games. Right. And so you always expect pushback, because when something's a book first, everyone already has a mental image of everything that's going on. Right. And... And I, I'm all for that. I'm all for that. I love going online and reading all the stuff and, and seeing what people have to say. I think it's important. And um, because you have this... Because you love games. You're a gamer, aren't you? I am indeed. Okay. Um, when was the last time you gamed? Did you game over the weekend? Um, not this last weekend, no. But most weekends. Okay. Do you have a go-to game? Uh, Total War is my go-to game. Okay. Warhammer 2. And do you have a, a sort of nostalgic favourite that you go back in time? Um, is it like wine? Can you go back and like I mean, you, you discover can... some belters? <laughs> <laughs> the graphics have come so far now that it's quite difficult to do right. um, but I have some good memories of good stuff okay so going into The Witcher as you know as one of the superstars of it um, if not the superstar of it you, you take in all that sort of backstory that you don't have to research as an actor this time around <laughs> or do you am I being presumptuous I mean uh, you, you don't have to do anything um, I, 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 I like to research don't I, tell them that <laughs> I like to do the research and okay. it, it's really really important for me and so yeah I, I, um, I try and I bring as much of the book Geralt to the show as the showrunner's vision will allow and again you know it's about it's not about preaching the, to, to the choir here it's about, it's about uh, informing the, the yet to be converted so we're season two in mm-hmm. um, I watched episode one of season two in I know I know that obviously therefore there's been a season one you know I went to school I know that two comes after <laughs> one um, but I didn't feel like I, I was up to speed almost straight away what what might I 
need to know from season one to get into season two? I didn't uh, feel like I needed to know anything. Um, uh, oh, goodness me. That's quite a question. Is it? Um, Sorry. Yes. Uh, okay, so Geralt, the character I play, yeah, yeah. is a monster hunter. Yeah. And these are mutated humans, yeah. essentially, um, who are faster, stronger, uh-huh. um, can take special potions, and um, they're great at hunting <laughs> monsters. <laughs> um, and there's also a sorceress called Yennefer um, and a young lady called Cirilla. Um, and we will discover a lot more about Cirilla and um, her powerful nature in season two. To be a monster... Oh, to be a monster hunter. To be a monster hunter. So how many monsters have I missed that you've hunted down in season one? Uh, Many monsters. Yeah, a few. Um, Not quite eight, but close to that. And it's been a while since I've watched it. Do they all come up with their own challenges, these different monsters? <laughs> they do indeed. And and some of them um, aren't even worth or shouldn't even be killed because they, they are the nice kind of monster right. rather than the bad kind. Oh, my goodness me. So the monster hunter can get it wrong? Uh, yes, he gets it wrong a lot. That's kind of his MO. Right. He does his best to do the right thing and often ends up in trouble, kills a bunch of humans, and no one likes him for it, even yeah. though he was doing a good thing. No one likes him. No one likes him. No one likes no him. One likes he doesn't him. care. No one likes him. No one likes him. Geralt, the monster hunter, yeah. and he don't care. Um, so is it, fun, is it fun to make? Is it like, because it, it's, it's this escapist, you know, it is a fantasy. You know, how is, that, how is it to make that kind of genre? Um, it's... I really enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, fantasy has been my genre since I was knee-high to a grasshopper. Right. Um, so, yeah, I love it. Uh, it's also hard work because it's got to be done right. And so it takes a lot of thought and research. And physicality. And physicality, yes. Yeah, your sword work is amazing. Because my, my little boy, Eli, he's nine, right? And he has a collection of sticks. Every time we go out walking in the woods, he'll, he'll bring back a new stick. Um, yeah. his, his, I bought his mum a steamer once because she wanted one and in a steamer you get like you know that you get it's like a fancy coat hanger you get it on a pole yeah yeah and it's got this sort of folding down shoulders yeah that's his new thing and he's he he i said look what's your bit of the witcher and the stick work or the staff work yeah or the sword work you know that's very impressive so he's he's wielding a, a steamer around the house that sounds really dangerous those well, things well I only are... let him do it in the yard <laughs> okay. it's got a really sharp edge where it's supposed to fit into the steamer for which it was bought Eli for heaven's sake it's a very expensive stick <laughs> what are you yeah. but no but seriously your choreography and your, it's it's all very impressive how how good is that you know in the flesh on the sound stage without any special effects uh, I mean very rarely is every take perfect right um, but I love it I live and breathe that kind well, of stuff. Well, you're a martial artist anyway, aren't you? Uh, no, I wouldn't say martial artist. No, right. I, I've done a a variety of things over the years oh, come on, for take, training. Take us through that. Take us through that. I mean, journey. okay. Uh, there was a movie I did called Immortals many, many moons ago. Right. And um, Roger Yuan was my trainer for that. And he taught me the basics of um, Wing Chun, Kung Fu, and <laughs> something else. Um, Kali and Kali. And um, yeah, it was. I'm talking basic. No, basic you, hang on, you take basic of kung. We'll take the basics of kung fu, won't we? I mean, it, I I don't know if I'd actually be able to apply them in a street fight. But what about the transfer of energy? Because it's about the oncoming. That's isn't that what you do with the martial art? You, um, depends on the martial art. You, oh, come, come, yeah, come it's on. normally transferring your energy from your fist into someone's face All right. is the key bit. Okay, so the good old fashioned stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, it's lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet you. Thank too. you very much. Witcher is on Netflix from the seventeenth of December. Yes. All episodes available from season one now, as I speak. I know this because I looked them up last night. Thanks, Henry. Thank you very much. You're awesome. 
The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. If our next guest is calling the shots on a movie, you know you're in for a good time. His new film, The King's Man, is out on Boxing Day. So if you want some mind-boggling action, explosions galore, and exquisite tailoring to help digest your turkey, look no further. It's the one and only Matthew Vaughan! Matthew Vaughan! Morning, Matthew. Good, oh, good morning. He's yeah. caused havoc I'm in the studio. <laughs> Matthew, you can't take you anywhere. You just said it reminds you of your days with Chris in the 90s. You've spilt everything. If it was Chris. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know. Can I just ask Dapper Dave a quick question? Dave, did you give that voiceover intro even more oomph than usual because there's a world-famous movie director in here? Absolutely. 100%. I was going to say your voice did change. Yes, yeah. absolutely. It's yeah. just because you're here. Did you, were you impressed, Matthew? Would you find a job for David? Yes. Good. Actually, I guess. <laughs> wow. clearing up coffee. Yeah. Oh. Uh, creating your own stunts in the studio at the same time, which is great. Uh, I'm, it's you know I can multitask. Don't worry, it's Matthew. Fine. I don't. I don't know what happened at the end of your movie um, Kingsman yesterday. The Kingsman yesterday because I started watching it and then with Disney they give you a login, which only lasts for a certain amount of time, three and a half hours I think it lasts. Because I had to keep stopping it to sort the kids out. Right. I missed. <laughs> okay. I think. I don't think, say though. It's it's good. No, this is a, no, this spoilers. Is, this is literally a cliffhanger. The bit where I got booted off. Don't, when Rafe... don't say, because you'll give something away. You'll give a lot away, but... The, uh, don't. I, I haven't seen the movie totally finished, so I'm not the man to ask. Do you want to ask me? Because I've seen the film. Uh, if it doesn't spoil everything. No, I'm not going to tell anybody. It. Yeah. I'm not going to tell loved anybody. It. Loved it, loved it. But you might hate the ending. Well, I might do. Yeah. I might do, and if I do, I'll, I'll let you know. Do you know what? <laughs> it was so magnificent to look at, it Matthew. Was. It's the cinematography. It's beautiful. It's epic. It's an epic movie. It is an epic. We tried it. Well, we shot it three years ago. So, and I'm making a movie at the moment. So it's it's sort of surreal that I've got images of that film. I I can't remember what we left in, what we left out. So it's uh, I'm going to watch it tonight with an audience for the first time. So you watched, you filmed it just before the first lockdown, did you? A year and a bit before the first lockdown. Three years ago. Hold on, you just said you're going to watch it for the first time with an audience. So you actually haven't... You're the direct... Did you know Uh, you're direct? I I know I did, but there was was a thing called The World Suddenly Stopped, shall we say. So you didn't do any of the editing? We were finishing the movie off, and then uh, lockdown happened. So normally, at the stage we got to, we then test it with audiences. Yeah. But we couldn't. So it's a bit weird. So you weren't involved with the edit? Of it. No, I edited the whole thing. You edited, right? Okay. Yeah, but, but you just haven't seen it. From but we finished it nearly two years ago. Yeah, gotcha. So I've made I've made three films since. So it's a lot of things. You've made okay. three more films in that Produced time. Produced two films and literally, if I go on my phone, I'll be they are filming as we speak on my other one. They've they've continued without me today, which they're probably very happy about. So there. Well, are you? Yeah. I hope you're nice on set, though. Are you? Uh, very nice. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, so no, I'm pretty nice. I'm, you know, it's it's different though. Now we're wearing masks. It's actually not as fun, but we get more. It's it's more efficient, but it's not as fun as it used to be. You get stuff done because you yes. know you have to get it done. You can't you can't hang out and talk about things anymore. Well, no, seriously, congratulations on this. Did you when you did the first two? Because I know there's also uh, three coming, coming out. Of three slash four. Yeah. Where you want to describe <laughs> this it. one is the prequel and the how prequel. it all happened. So. Yeah. Did, did you decide on this one before you came up with the other two or the other um, two after Well, this? no. Um, do you know a movie called The Man Who Be King? Yes. Um, so it was one of my favourite films as a kid. And I watched it and I thought, why don't we do The Man Who Be Kingsman? And um, uh, if you know the first film, there is a 40-second speech by Colin Firth explaining to Eggsy where, how and why Kingsman was founded. And I just thought that would make a great film. And I... As a director, I needed to do something different, and I wanted to make an epic... I don't think epic films exist anymore. They're I agree. All, it's all CG, and they're great. I love superhero films, but they're, they're, they're like a video game. So I thought, let's go back and do something a little bit more old-fashioned in a modern manner. 
That's actually, do you know, I was going to say to you it's very old-fashioned, but I didn't know if you would take that as a compliment. And I did do mean Oh, definitely. As a nothing wrong with being old-fashioned. We're Good. getting, you know, it's, it's, I think um, everything's old-fashioned. It just gets renewed. I mean, we can go through every song up there and say what song they ripped off, you know, it's, and then we're inspired by. <laughs> yes, that's probably a better way of inspired. putting it. Yeah. So yeah. for people who don't know, who haven't seen the Kingsman movies, can you tell us the story, the, the basic story of them? Uh, the, all of them? Or yeah, well, well so all of them would be terrific. No, no the basic story yeah. of Kingsman, they're sort of an a independent intelligence agency, which was uh, sort of as British as British can be, there to help the world when the world needs help. But it's, it seems like that the, the earlier ones, the first one, one and two, were more tongue-in-cheek. This, this, this mm. third, which is the prequel, is, it feels... Well, not so tongue-in-cheek. It feels more serious. Uh, it has to be. It's set around World War One, which... You know, you've got to be respectful of, firstly. Yeah. And secondly, um, it's, you know, it's a journey. You can't start, a, you know, if a prequel means it has to be different. If it's the same, then there's nowhere for it to go. So if you're having a, you can't give birth to an 18-year-old boy. It has to be a baby and grow up. So that's sort of what this is. This is the nascent Kingsman. And it was mainly filled in the UK? Uh, uh, yes, mainly and Turin. Which I can tell you is an amazing place. I've never been before, and it blew my mind. So all of Russia, all those beautiful, beautiful sets were were weren't sets; they were real in Turin. Uh, Matthew, what an absolute pleasure to have you in on the show. Uh, I'm thrilled to say that The Kingsman is an original, and the way that the movies should have been should be done, the way you say should be done, it is fabulous. Use, I let's use it. that word word again. I know we've said it a few times, but it is it's epic. It is epic. Yeah, it is epic. One question for you: Yeah, is your sister still doing F1? She is. Yeah. We're doing a Kingsman car with Williams next week. Are you really? Yeah. So ask her to How's plug that, it away. In what, in, what, in what way? It's going to have the Kingsman written all over it, and we're going to do a deal with... I love Williams and what they stand for, and we're going to do a Kingsman-Williams mashup. What, for the Grand Prix next weekend? The Grand Prix next weekend. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, she'll yeah. love that. Matthew, thanks for coming to the studio. I'm Thank so, you, I'm sorry I didn't get to see your mate Chris, but he'll be back in tomorrow. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure. Give him my best. And I hear he's got Henry Cavill, so I was filming with him four days ago. So, uh, on the other film. I will do give Henry my best as well. Yeah. He's lovely. Good man. He's a good man. Good man. Thanks so cool. much for coming, mate. Great. That's it. Thank you. Cheers, buddy. Apologies for the tea. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Whether we're talking half Windsor's a Trinity, a Kelvin or a Pratt Shelby, our next guest is the man in the know. His new book, Celebrating the Humble Tie, Fry's Ties, is out now. So please welcome a man well-versed in, well, pretty much everything, to be honest. It's the superb Stephen Fry. <laughs> Hello, Stephen. Oh, what a welcome. Thank you so much, Chris. Lovely right, now, here. what was he gassing onto you about whilst that last record was playing? This well, uh, like over here. We, we're talking about the book. He was kind enough to say pleasant things about it because it does, on the face of it, seem an extraordinary, indeed a preposterous idea to write a book about ties. But um, on one page, and this is, I suppose, typical of the book, there's uh, a tie which is playing cards. It's a beautiful silk playing card tie. And and in it, I mentioned that on QI, I performed this unique trick that had never been performed before. I, I shuffled the cards and produced an order in the pack that had never been seen in the history of playing cards. And that seems like a weird boast, and how can you prove it? But the numbers are so bizarre with cards that... The order of uh, of a pack of 52 cards is expressed by mathematicians as 52 with an exclamation mark next to it, sometimes called 52 shriek. And it means 52 times 51 times 50 times 49 times 48, etc. All the other way around, 1 times 2 times 3 times 4, all the way up to 52. And that number is so huge... <laughs> 
that there is simply no possibility. You'd be more likely to drop a tray of ball bearings and for the ball bearings to spell your name out <laughs> than for anyone to, to <laughs> shuffle the pack into a position that it's yeah. been seen in before, unless they're manipulating it as a magician, of course. Anyway, that was just one of those things that is the price you pay for doing QI. See, I mean, that's, you know, when he comes in with a... When he kicks off with a story like that, we know it's going to be... Fine, we could go home now. So yeah. Ask him one more question. We could nip off, do a bit of Christmas shopping back at quarter ten. He'd still be on. <laughs> he he moved on to chess. The, I know. The chess thing. Well, chess is similar. I, I was quite keen on chess as a teenager, and um, I remember reading this book by George Steiner called The White Knights of Reykjavik, and in the first paragraph he says, chess is a complex game. In fact, there are more possible games of chess than there are atoms in the known universe. No, that can't be I true. I know, exactly. That can't That's be true, can it? can it? Can <laughs> it? It seems extraordinary. But if you check it out, it, I mean, it's because the numbers are so vast yeah. uh, when, with permutations of things. And actually, chess gave rise to that famous story, which I always loved, of the, the emperor, you know, who, uh, who was rather bored and didn't like the games that were available. Um, he was a, a shah, like the Shah of Iran, and, and he asked his viziers and wise people if they could do invent one that was fair and reasonable and took intelligence and someone came up with chess and showed him the the moves and apart from the fact that white has a minimal advantage because it always plays first it is a very fair game everything's open nothing up your sleeve etc and anyway the, the the emperor was so pleased he he offered an, whatever reward the man wanted and he said oh it's very simple uh, all you have to do is you see there is the eight by eight checkerboard on which we play the game if you put a grain of rice on one square and then two on the next, and four on the next, and so on. That's all. And, and the emperor thought, well, I got away with that. That yeah, was easy. Bargain. Yeah, called for a sack of rice and uh, put one on and two on, and then they slowly <laughs> realised that this was not going to be as easy. And in order to fill the 64th and last square would take more rice than has ever been grown in the history no, of the planet. No! It's, <laughs> it's trillions it of zillions of numbers. Yes, it's called an exponential curve and it is frightening how fast... And, of course, we, we know about exponential because of... Uh, virus. Because of the virus. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was thinking the same thing. The, the rate at which doubles. And there are more famous and benign ones. There's a thing called Moore's Law. Have you come across that? I've heard of it. It's a man called Gordon Moore who founded the um, Integrated Electronics company, Intel, and uh, the very first integrated chips, silicon chips, semiconductors, um, fitted a number of transistors. And in the early 60s, he predicted that uh, every 18 months or so, they'd be able to double the number of transistors on, in, in the same space, which doesn't sound like much of a post. But again, by doubling and doubling and yeah, doubling, yeah. you come up with the computing we have now. You, you'll remember the early days in the 80s of microcomputers and, and things ZX like that. Spectrum yeah. 82. And in, in 1999, I think they built um, uh, a thing called, it began with an A, like an Altair computer. Not the Altair, that was one of the very early ones, but it began with an A, and it was the most powerful computer in the world. Mm -hmm. Three, four years later, uh, the PlayStation that was in most kids' bedrooms had the equal power. That's how, because it doubles. And, yeah, yeah. and when it doubles from a high number, it's amazing what happens. And that's why it's playing havoc with our mental health, because we can't evolve as fast as we need to to keep up with what with the one thing we were always master over its servant. Yes, the, the amount of memory and real-time activity you can have online now is so st yeah. astonishing. And yeah. As you say, our brains seem... Oh, I wonder if they are, though, you know, because I think sometimes people underestimate that extraordinary thing we have between our ears and 
And I, I, an example I give, which still amazes me, is that if you stand in the countryside and you look around and it's pretty empty and there's a little bit of wind and somewhere in the distance there's a, a copse or a spinny of you know trees and the wind turns a leaf so that the silver back shines... You, you catch it from ages away and you look and you yeah. see it so quickly because we've evolved to respond to things like that because it could be lunch or it could be something that thinks we're lunch. So you've got to be aware of these movements. Well, that's fine. We understand that. But two hours later, you can stand in the middle of Oxford Street with thousands of people around you in bright colours, on the phone, cars coming towards you, hopping across the street, avoiding the taxis and the buses, talking on the phone, and your brain is processing all this astounding amount of subsidiary noise, the same brain that saw one tiny thing and immediately focused on it is capable of blanking out. Because so often what the brain does that's brilliant is not the processing, it's, it's when it inhibits itself, when it, it closes down other things so you can concentrate on one. And then it allows you to, to shut off these amazing signals that are coming at you in so many colours and noises and speeds. And yet we cope without even thinking. All right, Stephen, you, you're a dream guest. You're a dream human being. Uh, we oh, love you and uh, happy Christmas. Thank you. And okay. Happy Christmas to this you is a great and your book. listeners. Cheers. Thank you very much. Stephen Fry Fry's Ties, The Life and Times of a Thai Collection. All right, here we go. Well, there we go. We're done. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. You'll know him from the stand-up stage, from the big screen and from almost everything on your brand new Skyglass telly. You even know his dad, but you might not know how good his American accent oh, is. It's amazing. Until you see the film adaptation of Clifford the Big Red Dog out tomorrow. So please welcome the always brilliant Jack Whitehall. All right, Jack. Hello. Hello. How are you, Chris? Very well, Jack. How are you? Yeah, very good. Long time no speak. I know, it's Naughty Santa here. Naughty Santa. How is Naughty Santa? <laughs> He's all right. Um, how's my Naughty Elf? Uh, this is weird role play that I'm not ready for <laughs> at this time of the morning. Ah, uh, uh, yes, your Naughty Elf is good. <laughs> good. Um, let's get straight into the Yorkshire Pud debate. Um, to Yorkshire Pud or not Yorkshire Pud on your Christmas plate, Jack, I have witnessed you cooking up a Christmas storm for many yeah, people, 20-odd yeah. yeah. people that night, and you absolutely smashed it. So yes or no to Yorkshire Puds on the Christmas plate? I'm afraid I'm a purist, and I would say they belong nowhere near a Christmas plate. They should be kept... To, uh, roast beef and roast beef only and you can't start messing around with that kind of thing. Yeah, and by the way, Jack cooks for many, many people. There's the feeding of the 5,000 and then Jack Whitehall's Christmas dinner. They're, and they're, yeah. not, they're not that far <laughs> apart, let me tell you. I put my turkeys in the bath. I, yes. bath. I bathe them overnight. I give them a brining. Yeah. Although I forgot to clean out the bath before I put them in one year and they then smell of like lavender. Yeah, and Radox or whatever had been in there before. Yeah, well, see, if you, if you didn't scent your bath and you went for a run first of all, you would be brining them with actual human salt, which I think... I might try that this year. Try it, try it, baby. with them, yeah. How many people come around to yours this year? Is it at the same place? Will it be as absolutely groovy and gorgeous? No, obviously, with current restrictions, it's going to be hard. So we're going to do it at Downing Street this year and probably have 40 or 50 people around. Perfect. I've taken Bojo. He's got a spare room that I can use. Because that's allowed. That's allowed. Um, the film. All right, we're going to move on to the film. Clifford the Big Red Dog. Now, before we get into the film, which is amazing, and your unbelievable, your unbelievably convincing American accent, how'd you get there, mm. Jack Whitehall? Yeah. Uh, we're just worried about the tone of Red of the Dog. I am particularly. The Clifford the Big Red Dog doesn't sit, in my eyes, 
you know, and they could be wrong. They've been wrong before. But we we are broadcasting from the field beyond wrong and right. So this doesn't have yeah. to go. To, we don't have to fall out about this. You know, I think he's a bit more pink than red. So as the nation's most famous ginger, you're like the gatekeeper for redheads. And for you, you're having none of it. It's not the right tone. Well, you've taken this discussion to a more confrontational level now. That's sort of an attack no. observation. Um, <laughs> because, as you know, I, not only am I not as ginger as I once was, I don't really have any hair, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted from Clifford, though. I wanted him to evoke, like, classic Chris Evans. I said, I want Don't Forget Your Toothbrush-era Chris Evans. That should be the hue of the dog. And I sent them loads of images of you, and that was what we were aiming for, and they failed. Because if you think that it's not red enough, then they've, they've done you a disservice and they've done me a disservice. Well, I'll be honest with you, I don't think it's red at all. I just think it's full-on pink. <laughs> there are a lot of people that take issue with the um, rendering of this dog. Um, the, the redness has been an issue that um, people have shared with me. The most peculiar issue that someone has taken with Clifford the Big Red Dog is a grown adult that sent me a screenshot of Clifford that he'd taken in the cinema with Clifford from behind with his tail up. And he asked me why Clifford hadn't been given an anus um, and was very upset that the dog hadn't been rendered anatomically correct. Well, I, th- I, think, he, I think he probably has, but it, because of his pink hue, one melds, into the, one melds into the other. That's, that's another issue there. Right there, right Although- there now. Some, someone else had countered the observation by saying maybe, you know, he doesn't have an anus, which means obviously because he hasn't got that, he can't do any doggy business, which is also potentially the reason why he's so big. Or oh, and red, I would yes. imagine. <laughs> Bursting at the seams, the poor chap. Um, right, now, so we have an adaptation on our hands here. I'm sorry, I'm so, I'm so late to the party that this is a literary beginning for Clifford the Big Red Dog. How did you get involved? How long has it been in the making? How did you make it? How was it for you? Yeah, I mean, uh, I we shot this movie like three years ago. It is a very popular uh, kids' book um, in America written by this guy called Norman Bridwell. It's kind of like their Paddington, right. and that's the sort of tone of the movie as well. It sort of feels like um, uh, a Paddington. It's got that kind of like warm, uh, fuzzy feeling when you're leaving the cinema. It's funny. It's got a lot of heart. Yeah, it's a really sweet kids' film. And if you're a parent, like I went to see it with loads of my friends and family and their kids, an hour and a half, peace and quiet these kids were like totally captivated by this big red dog so i think that is probably a bit of a gift uh, during this holiday season what do you want to do next jack whitehall just hang out with you again no. we haven't had a christmas drink for so long oh what professionally yeah i mean because you know you've dabbled in movies in movies before big ones and this is another massive movie uh, would you like this to be it um i mean i know you love your stand-up and you love everything else you do but would you like to do like you know 10 years of, of steve martin or um you know the other greats um you know robin williams would you like to to step up to that plate and i know you won't compare yourself with those but i can you don't have to I mean, I'd love to be able to do more movies and to make more stuff like this and put it out into the world. But, you know, I think what's always good about my career is that I always manage to find a way of bringing myself back down to earth. So, for example, for the next week, I'm going on tour with my mum and dad to do a book tour about a book we wrote in the summer about family holidays. And it will feel very much like I've been brought right back down to earth. I felt like I had possibly arrived somewhat this summer when I was in Hollywood on a red carpet with Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt. And within three months, I will be at the Peterborough Theatre on stage interviewing my mother about what items she likes to pack into her beach bag when she goes away on holiday. (laughs) That is awesome. Jack, thanks for being here. Back down. Um, Happy Christmas. Uh, Clifford, the big red dog, is in cinemas (laughs) from tomorrow. And by the way, How to Survive Christmas, tickets via jackwhitehall.com. When and where might you be doing that? 
around the country um, uh, next week and the Hammersmith Apollo in London. All right, mate. Lots of love. So lovely to speak to you. You're awesome, Jack. Thanks so much. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, so we've heard from a bunch of sensational guests already, but still to come, the sharpest mind in F1. David Crofty Croft gets us round to go for the dramatic final race of the calendar in Abu Dhabi. Seeing sensation Jamie Cullen discusses his new album, The Piano Man at Christmas, with his new friends, his new amazing friends, the Kansas Smitties. The always cheery Lenny Henry flicks through his brand new kids' book, The Boy with Wings. QI quizzing mastermind John Lloyd talks about his book too, Funny You Should Ask, again. And funny man Ben Elton tells us all about his 10-day pop-up residency at the Harold Pinter Theatre in London's West End. So let's get right back to it. Vassos, who's next? Our next guest is so multi-talented, it's... Almost annoying. He's comedy royalty, acting royalty. He co-founded Comic Relief and even proved how well he could sing on The Masked Singer. Now he's storming into the world of children's fiction with his debut novel, The Boy With Wings. So please welcome The Man With Wings, who is Sir Lenny Henry. Good morning, Sir Lenny. Good morning. (laughs) How are you? Very well. How's it going? It's great. You look like you're freezing your nuts off there. Is it cold in that studio? How can you see me? Because we're on a live Zoom with pictures, Chris. I didn't know that. I didn't know. It's the new way of it's the new way of working on the radio. No, apparently. I knew you were coming our way, but I didn't realise we were coming your way. No, I'll tell you why I've got this snood on this this uh, gorgeous snood is because uh, Rachel, who usually does the news Tuesday through Friday, has the these gift boxes, and this snood was in there, and I just loved it, and I put it on, and I just don't ever want to take it off. It's a nice snood, and I'm loving the word snood. I think we should try and include it into as many conversations snood as possible snood. Mate, we've had some great words this week. So Stephen Fry was on the show, and he was talking about ties, because his new book, Fry's Ties, is out, and he's talking about shirt makers. And then he said, you know, they are shirtiers. And I said, is that what they're called? And he said, no, I've just made it up, but they should be called shirtiers, don't you think? Yeah, shirtier is a good word. Shirtiers. Great word. And last, word. last night I was introduced to the phrase wordle. So basically we did this survey at the church last night about what people wanted from our mindfulness night. Um, more people wanted calm than other things. People wanted peace as well and joy, you know, and a bit of quietude. And so what we did is we, we fed all these different words into this thing called wordle. And then what it gives you, it gives you a mind map representation of the most popular things people want. And that's your wordle of your words. That's fantastic. <laughs> I've got to do that. I've got to have that. You have got to have it. I think uh, at the centre of mine would be the word pie, P-I-E, um, because that's what I think about most of the time. <laughs> but we did suggest to Stephen, because his new book, Fry's Ties, is so good. We said, how about Fry's Pies? It's got to happen next. Oh, it's got to happen. Yeah. It'll um, be a result. Listen, congratulations on this book, Lenny. I'm saying it's a movie waiting to happen. You know, it reads almost like a screenplay. Tell everybody about Tunday. Um, Tundi is a 12-year-old black kid who goes to the local schools, being bullied by these geezers, 
um, who are both black and white because he's darker than them and he's also got a funny nose. So they're, they're picking on him. And it, it does chime with stuff that happened to me when I was a kid. But this kid is different. Tundi has an affinity with birds. When he's upset and anxious, birds in the vicinity get upset and anxious too. And there's a climactic moment during a football match where Tundi, who's been allowed to play in the football team, goes up for a match-winning header and he stays up there because he's sprouting these extraordinary, gorgeous, beautiful, shiny wings. And then the rest of the book is about he's an adopted kid, so who are his birth parents? Where are they from? Um, what do these wings mean? Does he have other abilities? Will he use them for good or evil? Or will he just use them to smack down the bullies? And it's a, I think it's a thrill ride. And a kid did ask me when I was reading in their classroom if it was going to be a movie, because if it was, he'd wait till the movie came out. <laughs> And I said, no, you got to read the book, kid. Read the book first so that I can pay for some shoes. That's such a kid question. But don't you love the honesty? Yeah, I do love it. You know, it's easier. Of course it's easier to watch a movie. But how much, I don't know about you, but the joy of sitting with a book and just getting lost in the story is everything to me. It's been been like that since I was about eight. Um, My auntie Pearl joined me to Dudley Library. Libraries give us power. They rule. And then she also introduced me to Marvel Comics and DC Comics when I was about nine. I was going on a very long car journey from Dudley to Birmingham, which it may not sound like a long way, but when you're nine, it's interminable. (laughs) Forever. And both my parents smoked copiously. Nice. (laughs) So there were these two kids just in this London fog in the back of the car. But luckily, my auntie Pearl had given me these comics to read. And by the end of the journey, I was hooked. Yes. So I wanted to write a superhero origin story and Tundi is, will be back. There will be more Boy With Wings stories because he's going to have many, many more adventures. Before you go, uh, Len, um, how is how is knighthood and a noblement and you? It's really lovely. The knighthood is good because old people now, and I'm 63, so they've got to be really old. People took the... <laughs> People tuck their forelocks, even though even if they're bald, they they reach for a forelock and they they reverse out of the room. And it's and I just go, what are you doing? I don't know. I don't understand it. It's really weird. Um, it's there's no change. Um, and but my my when my family when I got the knighthood had a party for me, and um, there was a banner that said, "Congratulations, Uncle Selene." So the uncle, Uncle Selene, want some more trifle, Uncle Selene. There's curry goat and rice in the back. It was brilliant. That is brilliant. Um, but, but they just treat me like normal. And young people don't give a monkeys. It's very good. The better, the better kind of groovier thing is um, I got the key to Dudley, which means I can drive <laughs> sheep over a bridge, Chris. <laughs> I don't have any sheep, but if I did, yeah. that's what I do. But there's a zoo, isn't there? Isn't there in Dudley on the hill? I could go and borrow a giraffe. <laughs> I could drive some giraffe <laughs> down Dudley High Street. That would be very exciting. I love it, I love it. Right, before you go, what are you doing for Christmas? Come on, who's in charge of the turkey if there's turkey involved whatsoever? I'm going to jerk the turkey, I think. We're right. going to have a jerk turkey. Wow. It, it's partly Delia, partly my mum. I've got to cut the Christmas tree to make it fit into a corner. And the last time I did that, it looked like David Bowie on the front of pop-ups. I'm not a very good tree trimmer. Um, but I, I'm going to put the sprouts in now, as per tradition. And I'm going to just keep my fingers crossed. Delia, my mom, uh, trim the Christmas tree, try and get the lights to work. I'm doing all that good work. And we've bought most of the presents and done the card. So that's what we're doing. And we've got family coming round. So I'm really looking forward to it. Beautiful. So the original Boy With Wings is now the celebrity chef jerking the turkey. <laughs> that's right. That's what's happening. <laughs> if you forgive the expression. Um... <laughs> 
jerking the turkey. It's a new thing. Uh, Lenny, great to talk to you, man. Nice to talk to you too. The Boy With Wings is coming to a stocking near you soon. <laughs> okay, all right, got it. Lenny Henry, illustrated by Keenan Farrell. It is out now and it is the movie waiting to be made. Um, that was Sir Lenny of The Henry Hood. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. I think a round of applause from here, don't you, from everybody? That's awesome. Okay, as you can probably tell, I'm now down the corridor with Jamie and the gang. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Chris. Now, listen, we've got some great guests on the show next week, but I sort of wish this was our last show before Christmas because it doesn't get any more festive. (laughs) I think you're probably right. Oh. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I love playing with these guys as well. This is an amazing band. They're called Kansas Smitties. I know, I know. They are know. incredible. We're going to get into that in a moment or two. But we're two weeks to go, man. And two it, could, weeks. it feels like it's now. I, li- I like it. <laughs> it just feels like it's getting closer and closer this year. Even by October, it felt like we were coming into Christmas. I know. Um, tell us, how early did you tree this year? Only yesterday. Did you? Only yeah, yesterday. Yeah, it's interesting that. Because we meant to tree early, but we just sort of didn't get around to it. We sort of thought we had. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But do you take yours down straight after Christmas or do you leave it up for a bit? We leave it up for as long as uh, the pine needles will allow. <laughs> exactly, as long as the cats haven't it, pulled ours down. It's funny though, isn't it? Because you get, you get your tree, you know, and if, you've got, if, you've, if you're lucky with the old needledge, um, well, you think you are, uh, but then, you know, if, so, if it, like the dog's tail brushes or something, it's like a cartoon. They all fall off, don't they? Because they're clinging on for, for grim death. Definitely. By the end of it. Yep. Do, you go, no, do you go for the fir tree or do you go for the spruce I think the spruce. The spruce is the non-drop. With it's, a, not, it's not my area, well, it's, really. It's fewer branches, but quite so more candelabra-y. Yes, that's uh, right. That's the one. That's the one, that's the one we've got. Oh, beautiful it. description. Okay. Th- I, used could... to, I used to sell them. Did you? I used to have, I used to have a Christmas tree farm. What? I know, I know. Don't ask. Yeah, I mean, the many careers of Chris Evans. Wow. <laughs> it's true, it's true. <laughs> the funny thing is, I didn't know I had a Christmas tree farm for five years. I said, imagine owning that. Imagine owning all those Christmas trees. And the bloke who was in charge of my farm, because I did have a farm, he said, well, you are the bloke. I went, really? <laughs> Let's sell them. He said, well, we wondered when you were going to come round to this idea. It's a bit like when I did my first gig and I couldn't believe I got paid to do it. I'm like, what do you mean I get paid? I I'm incredible. When, yeah. was, when was that? Where was that? Well, I, I used to play, uh, I, I guess, cocktail piano at a hotel yes. uh, near where I lived. And it's quite weird because I, when I was 16, I looked like nine years old. Right. So it must have been quite a thing to kind of walk in with this kind of child in a suit <laughs> playing these old songs. But, you know, it, you was, a, it, was, a, double. it, it was a paid gig. <laughs> no, I got 25 quid for 25. like four hours of playing. It's the I best was, thing. It was amazing. Cash. Yeah, cash. The best thing in yeah. the world. <laughs> All right, so we've given you band a shout out. They are awesome. And you're, you're up to uh, more than full strength. Giacomo Smith. It's Giacomo. Uh, I'm Giacomo. just going to... Sorry. Okay, that's all right, sorry. Don't worry. I've got to get sorry. it right because he's a legend. Sorry. He deserves the right name. Sorry. I, so, yeah. I apologise. <laughs> I apologise. Giacomo Smith. Uh, you've got Dan Hyam. Yay! You got Alex Harper, you got Joe Webb, you got Dave Arch, you got Ferg Island, and you got Will Cleesby, you got your good self, Jamie Cullum. Uh, now it says here the arrangement uh, or the array rather of instruments that these guys are playing between them, not necessarily in the right order, are drums, double bass, guitar, keys, tenor sax, trombone, alto sax, and clarinet, uh, and you on vocals and piano. Except you're not on vocals and piano. I'm not. On that vocals is a and massive piano. porky pie. Yeah. Who is on piano? 
Joe Webb is on the piano. And okay. this, is a, this is a Christmas present to myself to right. play with these guys because okay. these are incredible musicians. Okay. And uh, this is so fun for me to do this. These so are I'm, the Kansas Smitties. Exactly. Right. And they have great records out under their own name as okay, well. Okay, so people who aren't watching on Facebook Live, uh, live streaming, may have thought that was you, um, you know, going off on one, extemporizing rather brilliantly on Honky Tonk <laughs> Piano. Well, it wasn't him. It wasn't him. It was, it was our friend Joe is exactly. who it was. Yes, it was. Now, when he goes off on one like that, because you go off on things like that all the time because it's what you do what do you call that what is that called that he just did well he did an improvised solo right yeah okay and when you and because you honky tonk in right mm. yeah and does it matter if you mess up because as long as you're just around the right keys it sounds it sounds like you meant to slide from the from the, the black notes to black keys to the white keys does that it, all work could it, you play with could you play with mittens on and that was funny that joe <laughs> could we get you a pair of mittens this is how good good joe is honestly joe could play with mittens no i on. bet yeah. he could because yeah. it's so it's so <laughs> It's, it's all more or less there, isn't it? You could it? do that Errol Garner thing, couldn't you? No worries. Okay. Yeah. We'll start with... Oh, stop showing off. <laughs> you can be too good at something, you know. Well, we start with mittens, then we'll, um, then we'll, uh, uh, we'll go on to boxing gloves. Mm. Yeah, and then maybe just uh, a straight jacket. I mean, I've used, I've used my foot quite a lot. <laughs> I know. Yeah. 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 All right, so tell us about Kansas Smitties. There's a bar in Shoreditch. These guys play in this bar in Shoreditch. Is that where you all met up or what, what happened? Well, I mean, I should, I should go over to Giacomo for that, but they did, they did have an amazing bar. Now that we can pronounce his name, please uh, feel free to speak to the uh, guy. Exactly. Do you want, shall I pass over to yeah, Giacomo? If you, if you Come on, to. You, to, to explain a little bit of the history of the Come Kansas Smitties. Come on, Smitties, Giacomo. Good. Okay. What was the question? <laughs> um, just tell us about Kansas Smitties, the bar in Shoreditch, how you guys got together, how you met Jamie. So we started, uh, we started our band about eight years ago and we had a bar for five years before COVID. The bar's closed now, but we're going to open a new one next year, so Good stay you. tuned for that. For um, we met Jamie through his radio show, I believe, and, um, and he played, you know, graciously played a lot of our music and has been a champion for the whole London jazz scene and all new music that's been produced under the, you know, the name of jazz and, and other stuff too. And uh, he got in touch with us at the beginning of the year and said, you know, you want to be on my new Christmas album? Yeah. And we were kind of quietly freaking out like, ah, yes. But we were like, oh, yeah, we might be free for that. Right, you got to you play know? cool. Yeah, you have to be cool. Helps because for the it's negotiation jazz, you know? as well. You can't be too keen. No, you can't be too keen. You, you know? can't be too keen. So we keen. said, yeah, all right. You know, yeah, sh sure. If you see, want. See, because there's a come and get me price, or there's just come and get me. And then there's, you, you, you can try to come to get me. And that's, that's, that's what I'm feeling with the Smitties. Yeah. Okay, How's it going? It's killer. So, um, yeah, for, so for, for, for this record, right, we, we were supposed to do three songs. Mm -hmm. Three songs became five, and then we went in the studio. How many did we do? Eleven. We did eleven. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. So we well, had a great time. Okay, so this is a reimagined. This is with added um, magic dust, ad added festive magic stardust of Kansas Smitties, um, because the Piano Man Christmas album was out last year, yeah. and it's still, it is still the number one album next to... Uh, one of my three record players. Oh, it is awesome, Jamie. Thanks, Chris. So, what do we get? What do we get this year round? Apart from the Kansas Smitty. So last year, um, obviously, I did all the original songs. Right. And the reason I did that is because if you include Christmas classics with yep. the original songs, yep. people automatically go to the classics and they don't give the new ones a chance. Right. You can check this with Gary Barlow if you interview him. He's on he's, next week. He's mixed them both. And the thing is, he's such a great songwriter. It probably doesn't happen to him. But I thought I'm going to give these songs a chance to live on their own. 
Uh, and then I wanted to kind of complete the circle by doing the classics as well, make this feel like the after party after the show, you know? Love it. Yeah. Love it, love so it. So do all it. the classics really just fun and really musical and, and not kind of too uh, overplayed and just cool. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. He's one of the finest comic minds of his generation. He's won BAFTA's stage smash hit shows. Has written he? bestsellers <laughs> and now returns to stand-up with two weeks in the West End either side of Christmas. So, if you fancy some festive fun from the motor mouth of the master, please welcome the blooming brilliant Ben Elton. OK, we'll take it. Happy with that? What a pleasure. What a pleasure to hear a great intro. And that, was, that, that, that couldn't have put it more succinctly, except that one of at the beginning, that one of the finest minds. I just feel you could have cut that. Yeah. Just that, but, He's you know, the finest comic the mind. The finest yeah. comic yeah. mind. I can go again if you want. Yeah, no, no, let's, let's, let's push this on. This is the thing, because he's ex-sport, right? And sports commentators often say, arguably the best striker in the world. Look, is he or isn't he? Don't just, don't, you know, <laughs> exactly. hedge your bets with Stop arguably. Name your colours to the mouse. It's such a pleasure. We started the tour together, Chris, two years. Years we ago, did, slight did. interruption, Covey, Covey uh, interrupted the world, including me, and here I am finally concluding the 2019 tour well, listen, with our London season. <laughs> this is great, and this is like pop up Ben Elton. Get it, get what you can while you can. Who knows what's around the corner, everyone? Exactly. Uh, literally. So Ben Elton dot live Monday the 20th to Thursday the 30th of December. We're talking about Christmas presents. Give someone an experience. Give them an evening with Ben Elton. Um, discounts for. Uh, coach parties Monday <laughs> that'd be good wouldn't it a coach it would, party yeah. a coach party Love to your it. gig well it used to be that way with comedy didn't it in the of seaside course. seasons and of everything yeah. bring, a, so, bring a charabang right benelton.live uh, what has happened uh, to this set in between then and now Ben well I, I'll tell you the half hour on Brexit's been junked that's all I can tell you last time yeah. I was gigging in, in Britain at the, uh, you know setting off to do, this, do the international gigs and then come back I was still doing half an hour on Brexit well I certainly won't be doing that anymore I reckon I'd Get, get him gagged by people's masks. Nobody wants to hear about that. The, the tour has, has developed quite a bit. Some of the material goes all the way back to when we were talking about, you remember, the, the archipelago of identity communities that Britain has become? Some of it's still all that going on, and some of it's a little bit uh, COVID-influenced. I do a little riff about how time has uh, different different rates. You know how Einstein, if Einstein taught us one thing, mm. and let's face it, he did only <laughs> teach us one thing, it's that time is relative. Uh, and I think no more so than in lockdown. You know, I mean, time passes. If you've got a garden, time probably passes at a different speed if you haven't. If you're 80, time passes at a different speed whether you're 16 and you're missing out on your first, your, 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 your first uh, whatever you're missing out on. So, uh, yeah, I, I do some material that's happening around what's happening today and some of it's timeless. Uh, so a, a mix and a match, mate. How has it been for you? Uh, I am I'm a writer, so being you know constrained was less uh, significant for me, and also very fortunate. I have a nice house and a nice you know nice garden. So I mean that I think was the dividing line. That was the apartheid. I mean the different experience. People living in a flat lockdown as to people who had a house and garden. I mean it doesn't make any you know it's beyond imagination the different experience. Um, and I don't think enough is kind of made of that about the sacrifices people made who. Action, real sacrifices because the basically poor people made the biggest sacrifice. Uh, so yeah, it was fine for me. And also, we didn't have a lot of lockdown because I was I was in Western Australia, trapped. I left I left Britain uh, in 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 late February 2020. We just opened up Start Crow the Play with David Mitchell and Gemma Whelan. I got told we were we were nominated for a 
BAFTA, for a, an Olivia Award uh, when I got to the airport. By the time I got off the plane, <laughs> we were closed. The show was closed. I mean, it's not the most dramatic COVID story and by no means the worst suffering, but certainly it was a little bit irritating at the time. And I'd been intending to come back two weeks later, you know, get ready for the ceremony and all that. Uh, and... Uh, I was in Australia and I got trapped. They locked the borders. Yeah. And I was going to be the whole of 2020 in in Britain, uh, see my mum. You know, I sat out there. It was lov- lovely in many ways, but being trapped is quite hard, particularly when, you you know, your mum's 92, your family are in Britain, etc. So, yeah, I had a mixed COVID, but obviously much, much better than many people yeah, suffered, no, as we it. must all I say. Get it, I get it, I get it. Ben, you're awesome, man. Um, <laughs> anything you'd like to say to people potentially thinking about coming to see you at the Harold Penta Theatre? Well, I, look, I don't want to say you're going to save the uh, live theatre by coming to see me, but do go and see a show. We need the cultural catastrophe of the end of live comedy, the end of live entertainment. I... I Almost all my friends are in, you know, show business yeah. and and the misery, the horror of, of the complete negation. Do you know what? London theatres didn't even... The British it didn't close for the Blitz. I mean, the yeah. last time London theatre closed was when the Puritans closed them, along with Christmas, in the middle of the 17th century. That's the last time there was no theatre in London. But COVID, and I agree, we had to pull together as a community. But it was a cultural catastrophe. The, the What it did to all those performers, musicians, comedians... So even though I'm not saying we're buying a ticket and come and see me but you know think about seeing a show I know it's a little bit risky wear your mask if you want but if we're allowed do it come into the West End or go to your panto wherever you are in the country and support live entertainment arts because it's all about the community one of the last places the community really knows it is a community is sat together in a theatre laughing singing along waving their hands in the air love it I would say if we're allowed and I'll just add this as well and we've stayed away from this on purpose for the Mm. last few days while we're still allowed because you just don't know nah I don't think they're going to the army doesn't appear to be as vicious I know but there could be something else so if you get the chance to get out and see something with people you love and it's something worth seeing or hearing or watching or whatever or experiencing get out there yep get out maybe take a taxi have a meal buy a drink support the entertainment arts because my goodness it needs it all right ben you're a dream um, yes. I, hope it's, I got, hope it's not another two years. <laughs> we covered a lot of ground, didn't we? I suppose you've had a few, 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 few people. He's banging on again. But no, we don't su- get that. Such a joy to come I, back and I, see you. Seriously, mate. I think our audience's ears and hearts are open to what we're saying. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. Have you ever wondered why we hiccup? Why New York is called the Big Apple? And mm. most importantly, should you go rock? paper or scissors our next guest has all the answers in the latest (laughs) book from the qi elves funny you should ask again so please welcome a man so brilliant he'll even tell you which lottery numbers to choose it's qi's creator john lloyd Hiya, John. Hello, Chris. You all right? Yeah, how are you? Okay, so deep breath, but a bit of box breathing. <laughs> Come on. Sorry to be late. Don't worry, don't... it's fine, man. Don't worry about it. This is the... Look, we are fine. We don't really do time. I mean, we're constrained, I suppose, between 6, 30 and 10, but anything that happens in between, it's fine, man. Oh, great. You know, I wish I'd we, known that. We slow our in. breaths down, you know. Time will time will make room for us, make space for <laughs> us. Um, just just the questions there in Vassar's intro. By the way, congratulations. Another great book. Thank you, Chris. Um, where do we go with this? First of all, let's just talk about um, your, your outfit today. You look very great escapee, if you don't mind, which sort of you needed to be. It's <laughs> a submarine. I've parked the submarine outside. You yeah. look cool. That's, you, got, what, you, got the, um, you got the white woolen... Uh, what kind of neck is like that? Like a fisherman roll neck. neck. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's very, yeah. yeah, fisherman's friends, yeah. You've got the leather jacket on, you've got the jeans on. Looking duty. 
Well, thanks for calling me middle-aged. That's very flattering. Well, I did, think about, I, did, I actually <laughs> did think about that. I thought, he won't be displeased with that. <laughs> no. Yeah, could have called you veteran broadcaster, yeah. veteran writer, vintage... Th- or, or barely still alive, John Lloyd, but no, no. Uh, so tell us about the lottery numbers then. Uh, oh, yes, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven this week. Why? Um, well, I don't know. I just got an intuition about it, really. Really? How many lottery numbers are there? Is it five or six? I can't remember. I haven't done it for years. There's 59 now. Is there, it? Was, there were 49. There's now 59, which is why they can is put, it? put the jackpot put up so much. Yeah. And if you get six, if you get the full seven on a big week, um, then you win the jackpot, which can be whatever it is. Yeah. But if you get six, which is only one off, you get like, I don't know, a thousandth of a percent of what the jackpot would be because that's the difference between the six and the seven. But you know all this anyway. Here's how the lottery works, OK? It's like you say there's a guy in London who wants to give you £100 million. You, all you have to do is phone him, OK? And you say, OK, what's his number? So I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> that are the odds. It's about the same odds. That's so cool. Um, all right, let's, let's dive into this book. Uh, funny you should ask again. So it's the hows and the whys. I love the why do we never get tinned broccoli question. Well, yeah, this is, uh, this is very interesting. So this, is, this book is actually written by the QILs. They're an amazing team we've got here, and each elf has done a few things. And I'm one of the elves. I'm the chief gnome, as you may know. Uh, and this is one of mine, the tin broccoli. So you do get uh, tin broccoli, <gasps> but only as soup. Okay, right. you okay. can't. There's uh, in order for um, tin food to be safe, it has to it has to be boiled in water. Okay, and that's a hundred degrees. Okay, but broccoli goes to pieces at ninety three degrees, so it just goes into a mush, and also it discolours and it smells horrible. So, um, and then has to be heated again. So, it's not a good idea to. Um, to, to have tin broccoli it would be disgusting actually it's funny because I, I was in charge of the broccoli last night and also last week as well and I was I was um, steaming the florette well simmering the florette in boiling water and then what I always do is I take it out and put it in the colander and I, I blanch it or, or douche it with cold water to stop the cooking process yes exactly and I thought it was about the length of time I didn't realise it was about the temperature it's the temperature and the length actually but right. it's really interesting so other vegetables that don't uh, tin well are cauliflower, cabbage, courgettes, and also turnips. So uh, Baldrick uh, wouldn't like it; wouldn't have tin turnips. I know you've had the whole Blackadder crew yeah, on. Yeah, 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 Ben just now. Yeah, we had um, um, Richard on last week. There's an interesting thing about um, uh, talking about uh, "We Will Rock You." Um, there's a fact in the book which I absolutely love, which is the Queen's guitarist Brian May has released a cologne that smells of badgers. Has he really? Yeah. What Delicious. a badger smell. You want that badger fragrance? How do you get a badger smell without actually, you know... Tin badger. I was going to say. Tin badger. Jeez, you don't want to be doing that, do you? What I like about anything you go into, John, is, you know, you didn't stop at the, you know, um, why is there only tin broccoli? Well, there is, but there's a, obviously it's soup, so that's a bit of a trick um, answer. But then you go into, you go on to, right, what else does this tell us about other fruits and foods within that? So some questions are... Fantastic springboards for a whole new world of um, ingenuity and inquiry. Yes. Give us some more. Give us some more gold. Well, it's... So the things... It's a rabbit hole, you know, QI research. So you start, you think, well, this this can't be difficult. And it it just never ends, really. So I did the one on zebras, which is, you know... Zebras are like the most loud, stripy thing you can possibly see, aren't they? I mean, you think, how can that possibly be any sort of camouflage? And so... Uh, you get completely absorbed in this. First of all, zebras, did you know what colour they really are? Whether they're black or the white? Yeah. No, Maurice Stewart does, by the way. 
<laughs> she does. Does she? Yeah, she absolutely does. And she t- she told me how you can tell. But anyway, maybe that's for another book. They're, they're actually no, it's in here. They're, they're actually black with the black and white stripes. So their skin is black, right? And the fur is has white fur stripes. But um, well, how do so, you know? How do you know that? Uh, I don't know. Some some scientist. What's guy. the difference? Between I think they the... shaved one. That's what? the thing. All oh, right. Shaved a zebra, and then you know it's black underneath. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. They are black. Moira was right, it's by the way. Amazing... Moira, says, Moira says they're black. Moira is always right. The yeah. question is, what colour is a zebra's five o'clock shadow? That's the thing. Once okay. you've shaved it totally, it's black. Uh-huh. But when it's... What time does it... Yeah, anyway. So, <laughs> the, the stripes, OK? <laughs> so, the, the stripes interact with the grassland, OK, which zebras live in. Yes. And it's... They're completely different colour, but lions are colour blind. Right. So they can't tell the difference. Okay. Right. So that's one. They don't really know what zebra stripes are for. They think it might be that. Yep. Or when you've got a bunch of zebras running together, uh-huh. the lion is basically completely bamboozled. It just sees like an amazing load of fuzzy lines. Yep. You can't, not only can't tell which zebra's which, but you can't even tell which way the herd is going. Yep. Okay, and so car, because car manufacturers employ the same um, disguise for um, uh, when they make a car, a, 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 a prototype, yeah. and they have to take it on a test drive, and they don't want other car manufacturers or designers to see what they're doing. They cover it in white, white and black stripes, but they go at different angles, acute angles. They they sort of smash with each other because um, when uh, stripes are moving and you try and film them, it confuses the camera as it would do the lion's eyes, and that's why they do that. Wow, that's amazing. Do, do you honestly think that's amazing? I do. Honestly? Well, it's like the... Well, I'm just, no, I'm like, I'm like a lion looking at zebras <laughs> looking at you. I'm completely befuddled. All right, funny you should ask. Again, uh, more of your questions answered by the QI elves, and it's John Lloyd, and it's another QI book, and there's a set of them now, and it's all rather gorgeous. Thank you, John. Happy Christmas. Thank you, Chris. Goodbye, and to everyone. You. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. The F1 season is going right down to the wire with not a single point separating Verstappen and Hamilton, which is exactly how we like it. The final Grand Prix of the season is live and exclusive on Sky Sports F1 this week. So here to whet our appetite is a man we really love. Oh, yes, we Abu Dhabi do. It's Crofty. Oh, don't you love the fact you got to introduce Crofty for the Abu Dhabi do Grand Prix. Good morning, Crofty. That was good. Morning, morning. How are you? I'm very well. I mean, stolen goods, that intro, but it's okay. We'll take it anyway. It doesn't really matter. I like it. Stolen from where? The from joke, the Flintstones the, joke, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, of course. What do you mean, stolen from where? We all know it's stolen from. doesn't matter. Do it all the time. Uh, right, No okay. such thing as an original gag. Don't worry. <laughs> to Yorkshire Pud or not Yorkshire Pud on the festive foodie plate in the Crofty household. Uh, yes, given that uh, my relatives and my mum and dad came from Yorkshire, Uh-oh. it has a right to be on the plate for starters, main course and desserts, quite frankly. All right, so that's... Wouldn't that's... be Christmas without me, Yorkshire puts. OK, so that's uh, free practice, qualifying and the main race, yeah? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, and we make our own as well, because you can't go and buy the, the, the shop-made ones. Well, they're just not the same. They aren't the same, but they're pretty good and they're much more convenient. Mm. But I know you, if you get a, a whole, a deep, um, a deep baking tr- tray, of um, yeah. Yorkshire pub mix, and you dare to do it yourself. You are the you are the superhero with the superpowers of, of the whole holidays. If you can do that, and you can't, but you, of course you can't then check on it because if you check on it, it just it just mm. collapses, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. You've got to use beef dripping as well because that's best for Yorkshire puddings. Makes them taste nice and 
make some rice nicer, leave it in the oven. Can I just say it feels really odd to be talking about Christmas when it's 34 degrees outside, well, the sun is shining, and uh, mm-hmm. it, it's a bit hot and sweaty. Not for us, it ain't. It's just not right. Um, but also, when you're making your... If, by the way, if you want to have a go at making your own Yorkshire food, it's not difficult. You've got to have... Your, your oven has to be hotter than hell to start with. You can't be... Yes. You've got to have a preheated oven, but a properly preheated oven. And the other thing you have to do is your, the oil at the bottom of your baking tray has to be like like scarily scarily bubbling because otherwise you'll get a soggy bottom and and it it cannot become unsoggy if it, that's got to fry first off the off the bat straight straight out of the gate hasn't it see yeah no, no, I, i'm loving this this I, I need to come round we need to have a, a yorkshire pudding off yeah we do at, uh, at, at shea evans we could well, uh, we, we can. can make up the batter the night before we could get the oven all, all, all hot and roasted and we'll see who makes the best yorkies mate you've got to come round let's 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 make yeah. that happen let, let's yes. make that happen because we don't know what it is around the corner so let's, let's do what we can while we can as long as we do it responsibly um, it couldn't Absolutely. it literally literally couldn't be more exciting and full of anticipation and trepidation you know and 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 potential entertainment and excitement uh, than where we are with the F1 situation going into the final race of 2021 this is this will be the best calendar the best season of F1 racing in a lot of people's mm. lifetimes and maybe you know in their whole lifetime See, here we are. We're talking Christmas. And I, I feel like the kid who's got the bike from Father yeah, Christmas uh, this morning. Because this is what I wanted. I wanted it to go to the last race. And there was the chance a few races ago that it could be level pegging. And we've got that. And it is going to be level pegging. And there's a bit of needle. There's a bit of aggro. There's a bit of talking before, during and after. And there's a lot of great racing. And, and we've, kind of, we've got the whole Santa sack. Of, of Christmas goodies uh, for this weekend. Um, and I don't know which way it's going to go. And that is the best thing about walking into your job at, at any stage, not knowing how it's going to end by the end of the day, if that makes sense. Yeah. There's a lot of time in sport that we, we know who's going to win, but we don't know who's going to win out because anything could happen on the track on Sunday night and probably will. And although Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen will both be worthy candidates and worthy champions for this year, I honestly, hand on heart, could not tell you who is going to be that champion because there's so many twists and there turns. There are so many twists and turns. There's so many so many tactics being worked on at the moment, so many strategies involving the second drive mm. from each team and other drivers and you know, how, how other cars might perform and you know where the traffic might be busy for pit stops, etc. I think to make it really fair, um, and by the way, we're now calling them Lewis Verstappen and Max Hamilton because we want a bit of both. <laughs> Yeah, because they're both brilliant in their own way. So we think that's yeah. that's sort of the dream team. Um, we'd I like, like it. We'd like them to, to... How many laps is the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix? Uh, well, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix this year has been lengthened in terms of its lappage yep. because the track's actually got a little bit shorter because it's been modified. And you want me to tell you how many laps? 58. 58. Okay, so what we'd like to happen, Crofty, to make it the most yeah. exciting it could possibly be and for us to truly find out who is the best driver between Max Hamilton and Lewis Verstappen, what we'd like to do <laughs> is we would like them to swap cars on lap, what would it be, 58, uh, 25, 29. So they need to swap yeah. cars on lap 29. So... so Max gets in the Merc and Lewis gets in the Red Bull. And that, that's got to happen. Can you make that happen, please? Yeah, I, I could try. Thank you. But I, d- I don't think it's going to work. Oh, they'd come on. What's out. wrong with you guys? They'd have to take their seats so out. So resistant well to change. No, it's not resistant to change. It would just take ages to swap them over. Right. If they could leap from one car to the other, fine. I okay. think that's a great idea for the future, though. Yeah, but the, but the point is, you know, they'd both be equally uncomfortable. So, <laughs> you know, suck it up, boys. <laughs> 
Suck it up, boys. And just because your feet can't reach the pedals, it doesn't matter. Yes. Um, right. I, crystal ball time, Crofty. You know, I've got to ask you this. I've got to ask you this. Um, it seems like the Merck's power has been creeping up over the last few races. It seems like hotter temperatures... You know, uh, and the kind of tracks the last three or four races uh, have uh, where where they've been and you know how they've been configured are favouring mm. Lewis's team. And you know, the Abu Dhabi circuit is not dissimilar. It has to be signed. No, that is true. Two long back straights that will help Mercedes. Although this will be the third race that Lewis will have used that power unit that they brought in in Brazil that he uh-huh. won with. Um, look. Last year in Abu Dhabi, Max Verstappen won from pole and pretty much led all the way. The year before, Lewis Hamilton won in Abu Dhabi from pole and pretty much led all the way. Pole sitter has won four of the last six races, but the track has been modified this year, so it is a little bit different, hopefully to give us a bit more overtaking opportunity. Max has led the championship for 14 of the last 17 rounds. Lewis Hamilton has been world champion since the Mexican Grand Prix uh, 2017, which is 1,506 days ago on race day. So neither is going to loosen their grip on this this trophy uh, without the best fight ever. And I think we're going to get the best fight ever. I'm not going to make a prediction because I've got the best seat in the house alongside Martin Brundle calling what I think will be my favourite moment in Formula One. And and it's nice to be able to do that. It, It there's no point making predictions. Settle back, enjoy the action, watch it live on Sky, and, and just admire two of the greatest sports athletes on the planet doing what they do best. Um, for all Sky um, F1 fans, fans everywhere, for F1 fans who don't have Sky but have know somebody who does, um, all we've got to say is happy Croftsmas. <laughs> to you this weekend that's all I've got that's it I'm I done I love that alright well a Merry Christmas to you too alright goodbye <laughs> ho 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 love you love, love you a long too. time love you too <laughs> the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio thank you so much for listening to this the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.